Hi everyone, a quick note before we get into the episode. Though we are discussing our usual content, these episodes have been pre-recorded and Tess and I wanted to make a special note that we are in full support of and stand with Black Lives Matter. We both have personally donated to the movement, participated in local protests, and are actively sharing resources on our Instagram accounts. In addition to this, we recognize the need to incorporate more diversity. We are committed to celebrating all skin tones, and we are actively looking to feature more women of color from our industry on this platform. We want to use our voices to affect the change that we believe in. As always, thank you for listening, and without further ado, let's get into the episode. You're listening to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren, the podcast by estheticians, for estheticians, and those who seek to learn about their own skin from a professional's perspective. We're diving into our whys as licensed skincare therapists, sharing in our career journeys, and separating the gimmicks from the real heroes in skincare. Welcome to The Treatment Room. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren. We are back with part two of our productivity episode. Episodes multiple. So we are um, talking about tips and tricks and how we try to stay productive and make sure that when we are studying or working, we are being as productive and efficient as possible. And this relates a lot to um, those of you that are in esthetician school, but also those of you who are, you know, studying anything else, whether it be continuing education, if you're in college, or if you're just um, working, you know, and you have your own things to get done. Um, so we'll dive right into it. Tess, do you want to get started with your first tip? Yeah, my first one is pretty straightforward, but I've noticed it's been helping me a lot, especially in quarantine. When this whole thing first started, I think like a lot of us, I was thinking, great, I can like stay in my pajamas all day and, you know, just be, be comfy and whatever, lazy and you know, have my normal day to day. I feel like a couple weeks in, I really realized it just wasn't the way to go. It didn't set my mind. It didn't set the tone for the day. It didn't help me be intentional about my day. It didn't like signal my brain that we were going to be productive. So my first tip is simply just to get dressed, get out of bed. And I like to take a shower and get ready and just get a little bit put together. I know in quarantine, nobody's really wanting to like put on jeans and like do a full face of makeup. That's not what I'm saying. But I think just even taking a shower, like doing your skincare routine, I like to brush up my eyebrows. I like to curl my lashes. I always do a little lash primer and mascara and I'll do a little concealer and I'll get my hair, you know, refreshed. I'll do some dry shampoo, like put it in a cute, messy pony and I'll put on either like a little lounge set that I feel comfortable, but still 
cute in and I will always change out of my pajamas. I think that's a non-negotiable, non-negotiable. You just got to start fresh and put on something comfortable, but still cute that you wouldn't necessarily wear to bed. Yeah. I think that's a, an amazing point. When I first started working from home two years ago, it was like every day I felt for, for again, like you said, like the first couple of weeks, it was like, I would just get up, kind of stay in my pajamas. It was like a really slow start. <laughs> I would always, of course, do my skincare, brush my teeth, that whole thing. But like the actual act of getting out of your pajamas and whether that just means like out of your pajamas and into a pair of leggings which is what I do. Like literally every single day I get out of my pajamas. I put on a clean pair of leggings, a sports bra, um, or something like that, just so that I am not in my sleep clothes. It really makes such a big difference in your, in your mindset when you're, you know, in regular clothes that you feel comfortable going out into the world in. Cause otherwise you're just going to stay inside and just like be in that kind of sleepy, lazy state of mind. Yeah, no, I really think there is a lot of psychology to it. And I think just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you're still seeing yourself in the mirror. Like it's about, I think, I think just like having a certain level of respect and self-care for yourself that you take the time. It doesn't, you don't have to put on makeup. Like it's just like about doing the things that make you feel pulled together and ready to face the world, even if you're not like facing people that day. Right. Exactly. So kind of on the same, um, um, the same lines as your mindset, my next tip is going to be have a specific area where you are studying or doing your work. So a lot of us, like Tess said, we'll sit in bed, we'll sit on the couch, you know, kind of wherever is comfortable. And I found when I was doing that, that it was hard to, to stay in the work mindset when I was, you know, sitting in bed or sitting on my couch. So I think that having a specific area where you're sitting down to study or do your work is really important because again, it puts you in that mindset where you are, you're there, you're studying, this is your task at hand, not like, oh, I'm sitting on the couch. I should turn Netflix on, have it on in the background. Oh, maybe I could do this. Let me get up real quick and tidy this. It's like, you want to be in a space that is work specific. And whether that's like a desk at your house or um, a coffee shop or a library or something like that, I think finding a place that is specific to you for your work is really, really helpful in making sure that you are productive and efficient and you're not, you know, sitting there for any longer than you need to. Cause I'm sure I'm not alone in not wanting to, you know, sit for eight hours when I could sit for six hours. Totally. I think it's also another one of those things that is just like the psychology of it, like giving yourself that designated space. And we touched on this a little bit in the in the last episode, kind of just the psychology of your of your desk space in particular, like setting the stage, having it be clean, again, having it be a designated workspace, maybe lighting a candle, like creating a certain ambiance that signals you like this is where we work and our mind is clear and happy and, you know, we get things done. And I think it's kind of similar to why experts say like, you don't want to watch a ton of TV where you sleep because when you go to bed that, when you go to bed, your brain is a little bit like wired and confused, like thinking like, oh, is this where I 
entertain myself or is this where I like completely shut down and get my rest? Yeah, that's actually exactly what I was going to say next is that it's that it's that exact same thing where like you don't want to be working in your bed for multiple reasons, mostly because when you go to bed at night and you, you know, can't turn your brain off, it's because your brain is associating this area with sleep and with work. So, I mean, imagine how confusing that is. Yeah, so confusing. So, oh gosh, these are such, these are good reminders and we yeah. are not perfect. Like I think doing this episode was honestly really helpful for me too, to just mm-hmm. remind myself of some of the things. Yeah, definitely. So speaking of, in kind of preparing for this episode, I've been listening to a lot of experts and what they say on productivity and In the last episode, I talked about Ivy Lee method, which is the act of listing out your six most important tasks and not moving on to the next until you finish the first. Today, I want to talk about time batching, which is a little bit similar, but it's more so like divvying up those tasks and focusing on a group of similar tasks during one dedicated time period, again, without interruption. I think the key with time batching and what it really capitalizes on is momentum and not losing that momentum of once you get into a task. Lauren mentioned in the last episode how it can take your brain a certain amount of time to kind of switch gears and really get into that next task. I think it's kind of like starting a workout. Like your first 30 minutes, you're kind of like getting used to it. Like, you know, you're kind of hating it. (laughs) And then eventually you accept it and you get into it. I think we hear about time batching a lot. If it gives you guys a little bit of context when we talk about, or when we hear content creators saying they're quote unquote, like batching content. So they do this because they don't want to get dressed up every day. They don't want to like go out into a location every day. They they don't want to put on makeup every day. So they instead pack up all their outfits, their camera gear, they go to a location and they get all of their shooting done like in one or two days out of the week so that they have content to last them. I think this is really, really it's just like a game changer. And I notice myself applying it to lots of different aspects of my life. Like for example, I'll do this when I'm cleaning my apartment. I do a deep clean every night. And what I do is I'll kind of time batch or parcel out my content. So I'll do like all of the windows first, then I'll move on to all of like my granite countertops, for example, then I'll move on to vacuuming, then I'll move on to Swiffering. Instead of doing, like going through my apartment and doing, you know, a window here, then I have to pick up a a mop and do a different section of your house. Like it wouldn't make sense. It makes more sense to, to just get in the flow of it and get those things done. And another example would be like returning emails for, you know, the first two hours of your day, doing all of your emails in one allotted period of time so that you don't have to disrupt your whole workday doing emails intermittently in the middle of your work and having that disrupt you every time somebody wants to reach out to you. Yeah, I think that's that's such a great tip. And I think it can really 
like you said, it can work into so many different aspects of your life. Like as you were saying all that, I was thinking the first thing that came to mind is I feel like I do this when, you know, when I have errands to run as simple as that sounds, it's like, I am going, whenever I have things to do, I think, okay, I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to go to Target to get this. I'm going to get my car washed. There's like multiple things that I'm going to do in one trip so that I'm not like going to the grocery store on Monday and then going to Target on Tuesday. And then I get my car washed on Thursday. It's like, you just get it all done at once. So you have one trip, one kind of, um, you know, thing that you're doing at a time and you get it all done. That way you're not scattered and kind of all over the place. Totally. Yeah, I think that's perfect. So my next my next tip is very specific for um, our aesthetic students that are out there. So this is focus, and I think that this can apply to a lot of different areas, but in a very micro um, fashion. Um, I want to mention focusing on and making a separate study guide for state board specific materials. So when I was in esthetician school. We, um, and it's no secret that when you are in esthetician school, it's like very, very, very basic, basic material that you're learning. And a lot of it is focused on laws and, um, how to pass the, your state board exam so you can get your license. So, so I, I recommend as you're going through school, you know, your teacher will say, this will be important on state board. This will be important on state board. Every time you hear that, or you hear your, um, your instructor mention state board, I recommend just writing that down. Any notes that you can just keep a little separate notebook or a separate page and write things down that you hear specifically about state board. So my school gave us a, like a state board specific study guide. Um, for, I think it was like the last month of the class um, or like of our course became 100% state board every day, all day. Like this is how you pass your exam. So that was great. However, I do think it would have been helpful to, and kind of give me a leg up and like a, a jump start if I had written down things that I had heard and then just been able to kind of internalize those as we were in school instead of cramming for a month before the exam. I love that idea. And I think that's great. You mentioned that Lauren, because I think a lot of people have fear and anxiety about state boards. So just having that dedicated study guide sounds exactly. really helpful. Yes, yeah. definitely. Okay. On the topic of school, I wanted to talk about having an app for any kind of collaborative projects that may come up. And this can also just be if you have things like a podcast, for example, that is something you do with another teammate or even like within your house, if there are things you need to divvy up in terms of like chores or grocery lists. So the one I use is called Evernote. I know there are tons of apps out there that you can share and collaborate on. I really like Evernote because I think it kind of, I think it kind of lends itself to like more creative projects and things. You can plan out like what you want to do tomorrow. You can plan out what you want to do this week or just future, future ideas. You can leave audio memos, you can add pictures. So I think it really lends itself to creativity 
And I think it's great for those creative types who may get an idea like at a random time in the day, like Lauren and I, we knew we wanted to do this episode and we were, it's kind of daunting to think about like everything all at once. So as we would learn certain things, like get inspiration from other people, we would, we can just like drop them in this note space and then later on have like a full on list that we can just share with each other. So we're a big advocates of like writing things out. So whether for you, that's like a, an app or just on a piece of paper, I think it's, I think it's really helpful, but I do think an app is handy because we typically take our phones with us. So it's just, it's nice to always have that outlet. Yeah, and I think because there's there's a lot of times, Tess and I talk about this all the time, where there's a lot of times where I'll be like, you know, out doing something or even just sitting on the couch and I have an idea. I'm like, oh, that would be a great podcast episode or, oh, that would be a great, you know, Instagram post, blog post, whatever. And if I don't write it down in that moment, it's gone forever. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. I either I'll forget about it. And it's like, so if you have that app, especially if you're collaborating with other people. So like for Tess and I, we keep a little um, ongoing list of subjects that we want to talk about. So if you write it down in that moment, and it's, you know, instantly shared with whoever you're collaborating with, I think it keeps the the lines of communication and the lines of creativity um, flowing a lot more freely and a lot more regularly. Cause sometimes, mm. you know, Tess and I will talk about doing a podcast and we're like, okay, so what should our subject be? And then it's like, we gotta think <laughs> yeah. and kind of brainstorm. <laughs> I, it's, I think again, it's that concept of momentum and having fluidity. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So we love Evernote. That's a good one. There's also, um, on the, on the notes app on iPhone, you can have a collaborative note with other people. Again, that is, you know, specific to people, everyone having an iPhone. So that mm -hmm. might not work for everybody. Um, but yeah, definitely something to look into. So, and then on the same lines, uh, like tech lines, I wanted to kind of point out one thing to make sure of, you know, when you're starting school or as you're going through school is to make sure that your computer and your desktop is clear um, and that you have, you know, as much as we talk about like your physical space being uncluttered, making sure that your um, computer is uncluttered is also really important. So make sure that you have, you know, enough space on your computer to hold different documents and things and making sure that things are organized in your documents so that they're easy to find. So you, you know, don't lose things. Cause I know it can be super, super easy to lose things on a computer. and just like, it feels like they disappear into the, into the black hole. Yes. Yeah. I think that's something that's really actually not talked about enough and like just having how many times have you gone to like start a project or for somebody who's really in tech and social media like myself I can't tell you how many times I go to start a video or import footage and I can't because I'm out of space and so irritating and like, yeah for example right now I'm trying to upload a YouTube video I can't because I'm out of space and it just it takes you out of like it's hard enough to just sit down at your desk and like start that thing so the last thing you want is like little roadblocks coming up so whatever you have to do to like get get your browser updated like get rid of old photos and and stuff that's like not needed and just give yourself like the freedom to start new projects I think that's really important and great to bring up 
Yeah, exactly. And I have, I have a little story that goes along with this. And what made me think about this is that um, when I was at UCLA, it was my second, um, or sorry, my fourth quarter, because UCLA goes by quarters, not semesters. So it was like the basically the end of the year. Um, it was finals. And I had this really old MacBook computer that was just kind of, you know, close to the end of its life. And, but, you know, I was like, whatever, it works. It's fine. This is great. And um, so I, you know, I took all my notes on my, on my computer. Um, I didn't handwrite anything. So everything was on my computer and I was working on a couple of papers for finals and, you know, studying and all that. And literally one day my computer died completely like black hole gone forever. And I lost all of my notes from the entire quarter. I lost the papers that I was working on, like literally everything. I called my mom absolutely hysterical. And I was just like, Oh my God, like how did this happen? And she bless her heart. Thank God for her. Cause you know, of course being in school, I had no money. How was I going to afford to buy another computer? So she was like, go out, buy a computer. I'm transferring you money right now. Like She was like, thank God she was there to help. And like, Cause otherwise I don't know what I would have done. I just would have been so completely up a Creek. So making sure that you have like the right tools that you need, whether it be a computer or something else, making sure that you have the right tools and that things are easily accessible and that, you know, you have things that are working properly, that they're not going to die out for you. And it all ended up okay. By the way, everyone, I passed all my classes and everything. So there wasn't any issues. Um, But yeah, so just making sure that you have the right technology, things are set up properly, you have enough space available, all that good stuff, because that's just going to allow you to do your job better without having to worry about those types of things and without having to, um, you know, add that extra stress onto your plate. Yeah. And I think like not to say you need a computer for esthetician school. I I don't. Right. Right. I don't think you do. Like there were times I think actually I got a lot of work done in the library and that's probably a resource that's like set up with enough space but yeah just like if you do work on your computer at home I would say like having that drops dropbox space available and if you do like tend to work on your computer like have folders and things organized so that you can find them and that and so that when you go to sit down, which I'm staring at my computer and like realizing I need to do a better job of this, just like organizing photo random photos I have on my desktop mm-hmm. and audio files. I think just having yeah. it set up pretty, I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah, and save everything to the cloud, you guys, or back it up to an external hard drive or something. Yes. But yeah, making sure that yeah that you have all your stuff. And like Tess said, for esthetician school, when I was in school, I didn't use my computer at all. I did not need it. There was absolutely no need for a computer when I was in school. Again, that was ten years ago, so this this may very well have changed. Um, but yeah. Perfect. Okay. Next, I'm going to get into a topic that I think it sounds so obvious, but I want to talk about why you should really put the phone away if you want to have any hope of being productive. I think it's twofold. I think the first part is so that you don't distract yourself. I think if you have the phone just sitting out on your desk, it's so easy to just, as soon as a task gets a little bit hard to think, oh, I'd love to take a break and just like see how my Instagram's doing, like reply to these text messages. 
look at my inbox. So the first first reason you should just totally put it away, put it in a drawer is so that you're not tempted to go on TikTok, whatever, Instagram. The second is because I think we live in an era where everyone just kind of assumes they have access to you at any time of the day. And I think a reason you should put the phone away is so that you don't feel the need to respond to messages in the middle of a task or even like a workout or your work day. I think it's it's really important if you're trying to be productive to kind of commit like Ivy Lee method says to like finishing that task, not interrupting it and moving on to the next thing until you really get it done. So, I think like it's just to make this a little bit more like realistic, I would say give yourself certain checkpoints throughout the day when you can respond to email or text or return a phone call. Like set a few times throughout the day where you, when you can actually like check your phone. But I think this is one of the most like key things that successful, productive people do because think how many people need them, how, how, mm-hmm. how busy and just frantic and overwhelmed they would be if they just kept like kept that floodgate open for people to just interrupt them at any time of the day. So maybe tell yourself, I'm going to look at my email at 11.45 a.m. and at 4.45 p.m. I'm I'm just going to give myself like those two times. Otherwise, it's too disruptive. And I think what this kind of gets at is just like the concept of saying no more. And I know it's it's really hard. And this is like something I, I constantly struggle with. I've actually gotten into like arguments with friends because (laughs) I've, I've tried to Lauren, like, this is really hard for me to say no to people. Mm -hmm. And I know it is for you too, but like, I have a friend who I adore deeply, but I didn't respond to a phone call once, like in the middle of the workday, because I know if I don't like give myself that focus, I cannot get through a task. And then I was getting text messages from this person and like kind of getting blown up saying like, why can't you answer my phone call? La la la. For example, I have like another text that I just got from somebody ironically, (laughs) like asking, like, can you can I call you right now with a skin question? And I, I have like three people in my DMs, like asking for help with their skincare. I think when it comes down to is kind of like asking for respect, which I think is, is really hard, Mm -hmm. especially when people think they can reach you at all times. And something I've heard from a very wise person is that if the answer is no, just say no. And yeah. that no is a complete sentence. No explanation is necessary. No is a complete sentence. And you can practice this ahead of time. You can say, like, I'd love to talk to you, but right now I need to focus on my work and period. Like, I'd love to help you, but I, I'm really focused on on a project right now. Like, thank you for thinking of me, but, but no, like, 
you know, I think it's, it's tough, but I think we do have to kind of put a limit on some of the, the interruptions. Well, yeah. And I think that there's, I think this is honestly a much bigger problem than anybody's really talking about because there, there has been a loss, at least in my opinion, it feels like there's been a loss of respect for people's time because we are all so quote unquote available by text and DM and whatever else. Like it's almost like there's a level of guilt that goes with it. Like if you don't text them, if you, somebody texts you at 10 AM and you don't get back to them until 5 PM, you, you feel like you want to apologize for it. Like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't get back to you earlier. Like I was busy doing whatever. And it's like, there really shouldn't, in my opinion, there shouldn't be any guilt about that. If you're busy doing something like you don't owe anybody anything, you don't owe them a text back within 15, 30 minutes. You know what I mean? So I think that, that there is that loss of respect for people's time where like, before, you know, back in the day, it was like you would call somebody on their home phone and hope that they're home. And if they're not home, you leave a message and hope that they'll call you back tomorrow or that night or whatever. So it's just like our window for for response and to like keep in contact with people is just shrinking and shrinking, or at least the socially acceptable window for that. So I think that this is like a huge point that isn't really talked about as much as it should be. Yeah. And I think we should realize like, you shouldn't feel bad saying no because the other person doesn't feel bad putting their own interests in front of yours, mm-hmm. you know? Like, what? gosh, like as much as I want to help you help somebody with their skin, it's like, how do you assume like you asking for a favor like should come in front of like what I'm doing in the middle of the work? work day. And I know it sounds a little bit harsh because yeah, it's like, but it's the thing is, I think it comes from us feeling like, like we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings and we don't want to be quote unquote mean or whatever it is. But I've found, and this is like a constant thing for me because you and I are so similar on this test. We want to say yes to everybody and we want to make everybody happy. However, there are certain things that like, you know, we either don't have time for in that moment or whatever the deal is. Like, for instance, um, during this quarantine period, I've had a number of friends say, you know, oh, maybe we could go to the park and we can all sit, you know, six feet apart from each other or, you know, something of that nature where Mm -hmm. it was like an in-person thing, but we would still technically be following rules. And for me, it just, it just made me uncomfortable. I just wasn't comfortable with that yet. And I found myself like not wanting to say no to them because I didn't want to hurt their feelings. So I would, so I just wouldn't respond for a little while and just think, how do I say this? How do I say this? And like that (laughs) ends up being right. That ends up being worse than just straight up saying, thank you so much for thinking of me. It sounds really fun, but I'm just not comfortable with that yet. And I started doing that. And honestly, it was like, a weight would lift. Like they text, I just said no. And they were of course understanding and nobody was mad about anything, but it was just like, instead of spending hours (laughs) sitting there, like, you know, agonizing over it thinking, Oh, I don't want to say no. I don't want blah, blah, blah. Just say no in a very nice and respectful way. And then that anxiety is gone. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. It's honestly like, I don't think people would be that bothered. And like, if they are that 
offended, which it does happen, but yeah, some people will be. Yeah. And, but then I think you can have an honest conversation. Like, look, I, I'd love to talk to you, but I can't open up that door because then anyone thinks I'm available like all hours of the day and I simply won't get the work done. I need to do in order to like have a job, like do these, you know, or even just like be successful. It's like, you know, maybe I want to, I want to reach a certain standard and like, these are just things I value for myself. Like I made a promise to myself and I want to try to keep that. And there, there shouldn't be any shame there. Yeah. I come, I completely agree. I think it's a, a super, super important task or a a, a very important like point there. And also I think that if you do have a hard time, you know, ignoring a text or, you know, if you really feel like you have to respond to every text, like as Tess said, like put your phone away or like put it on do not disturb. So it doesn't even vibrate. So you have no idea that you're even receiving text messages or phone calls. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, I think it's, I think it's really freeing and I was actually, this reminds me of like, I was doing my little, I give myself like a 30 minute to an hour workout every day. And I was in the middle of a push up the other day and <laughs> my boyfriend, like something was going, an alarm was going off into the kitchen. He was like trying to ask for my, for my help. And I was, I couldn't hear him. Like I had my headphones in, I'm in the middle of the push up. And I just said, like, you know what? Like, I can't, I can't hear you right now. (laughs) He got the hint, but it's like, sometimes you just got to tell people like, and we had more of a conversation after this about just like, you know what? Like, I really want to give myself that time to decompress. That's kind of Mm -hmm. like a time I want to be in my bubble and I don't want to be disturbed. Like if I had my phone out nonstop during my workout, like, it's just like, you can't have that space to focus on certain things. So I think it's okay to compartmentalize. And I think we all have to get a little bit more comfortable with just saying no, because there's always going to be people asking things of you and you can only do so much. You have to put on your own mask before you can put on somebody else's. Yeah, exactly. And one point I want to add to that is, um, I, I feel like I can already hear it in my head that there are people out there who, who have kids or, yep. you know, yep. people, right. Who, who they literally cannot ignore and they can't push off. So one thing I would say for that, and it's actually funny because my mom just told me that she did this like a couple days ago. Um, when me and my sister were younger, she owned her own marketing company and she would get up. I think she said like four or four thirty in the morning. And again, this might be an extreme example, but just go with it here. Um, she would get up at like four, four thirty in the morning and get get a ton of work done before seven or seven thirty, whenever my sister and I would wake up and need to go to school and do that whole thing. So she would wake up early and, you know, find that time where she knew she had she had that space to herself and she didn't have any other responsibilities other than what she wanted to do in that moment because we were sleeping. So I think that if you have kids or there's certain things that you like literally cannot push off or ignore during the day, try to carve out time, whether it's later at night or earlier in the morning, or maybe it is in the middle of the day when your kids are at school, just try to find that time where you can 
silence everything and focus purely on yourself and what you are doing. Yeah. And I will actually even add to that, like growing up, my mom, both of my parents always worked, but like my mom especially kind of always taught me and and I like, I'm happy she taught me this now. Like when she was doing something for herself, like she would take a bath every night and that was kind of her, her time. Like she would go to, we would go to the gym on the weekends and she would like do the Stairmaster. And I like, mm. I have some memories of like me being like, mom, mom, like whatever, trying to like interrupt her during the workout or like during her bath. And she would just tell me like, you know what? Like this is mom's time. And like, mm-hmm. I it, like not in a, a mean way but just like a kind of a stern like this is this is my time like mm-hmm. and I think I kind of like got the hint like oh she takes care of me all day like she needs this for her like yeah she can't like she needs this to get like rebalanced and recentered. and like even as a little kid I understood that so um I'm not a mom and I won't pretend to like understand how that is for for people but I think mm-hmm. there is like a level to which people think like kids can't understand that, like I need this time or, um, and my mom kind of like taught me to like be self-sufficient in those moments. Like yeah, you can make yourself breakfast. Like you can, and um, I think it's, it's something that's just like always stuck with me. And I respect that about her that she asked for that self-respect. Yeah. I hope that came off okay. Yeah, no, definitely. I know what it's like. Yeah, because the thing is, like, and again, neither of us are moms, so it's hard for us to to completely understand this scenario. But from what I hear from my friends who are parents, is that it's like, you know, it's beneficial for both the mom and for the kid because you know there are times where you absolutely have to be one hundred percent with your kids. You can't ignore certain things. But then I do think that that from what I hear from my friends, you know, teaching your kids that independence and, you know, when they're ready, of course, it's not going to happen when they're 18 months old. But, you know, when you have a kid that's kind of ready to start that process, it can be really beneficial for both, Mm -hmm. you know, to like, because you also, I think, set an example for your, for your child. You know, if you say, okay, this is my time, you go have your time or, you know, whatever the case is, I just think it can be very beneficial. Yeah, I think, just to end cap it, like, I think people will always think you're available to them and free to them until you start saying no. Exactly. So, well, speaking of the Stairmaster, (laughs) I think our um, last point here is exercise. So I think exercise, I mean, we talk about this a lot because Tess and I are both really passionate about it. Um, But it really helps you guys with motivation, with productivity, efficiency, all that kind of stuff. Um, Cause I mean, what's the saying? Like a body in motion stays in motion. So I think we've all experienced when we kind of quote unquote slack off or we're not working out regularly, it's really hard to get back into it. But once you're in the zone and you're in the motivation of working out and you're doing it regularly, it's easier to stay there, you know, than to restart. So, and this doesn't necessarily mean like spending two hours at the gym every day, but but being finding time to move your body a little bit during the day will help a lot as far as your productivity goes. Yes, I think exactly like Lauren said, if you're not a gym rat, it, it doesn't have to be, but I like that. But I think like 
successful people do take the time for it. And somebody who comes to mind for me is the owner of Dermaplus, Andrea. She's like, just naturally has, she's gorgeous. And like, you would think she's super into fitness, but she's really not. What she likes doing is just going for long walks on the beach, literally. Mm -hmm. And that's like what fuels her and gives her that outlet. So I think whatever it is for you, like just find, like Lauren and I just love Pilates. So that's what we love, but it could be weightlifting. It could be running. It could be yoga. Mm -hmm. And on that note, like at my esthetician school, I know they did have a gym available for you. So maybe that's something like if you can get to school an hour early and make use of the gym or the track, which we had, that could be a potential resource to keep in mind. I think when people get into esthetician school and they like, it's just, it's a weird schedule to get used to, especially if you're doing work on top of it. I feel like it's a time where exercise can fall by the wayside and people can start like eating at the cafeteria more, getting fast food more Mm -hmm. and kind of get off their routines. So as much as people like talk about exercise, I think it's something to just bear in mind, like try not to let it slip out of your life. I think just a little movement every day is really key. Yeah, exactly. Keep that momentum going because, oh, I've been there so many times where you (laughs) stop working out for like a week or so. And then it's like, oh my gosh, getting back into it feels like such a feat. Yes. Yeah. And you can start slow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing too. Like maybe starting up means going for a walk every day or you know, just, but just staying in that routine and I, not to bring technology too much into it again, but I got an Apple watch back in like September or October. Um, so I've had it for about seven months now. I used to have a Fitbit that I could never wear. I like, I wore it for two weeks at a time and then I got tired of it, but there's something about this Apple watch that makes me so motivated to close my rings to, you know, work out every day, or at least move a little bit every day is really motivating. So if you are like that, like if you like to see tangible, um, you know, recording of your movement and stuff, then I I would highly recommend looking into something like that, because it can really help you stay in the rhythm. Yeah. And I, I just I hear people get passionate about like, so many different things of fitness that may or may not click for you. Like, I don't know if a watch would click for me, but like Mm -hmm. I hear some of my girlfriends talk about like the sweat with Kayla app or, you know, it's just like somebody's really passionate about Whitney Simmons or mad fit on YouTube. Like those Mm -hmm. are channels I like, but I think just trying out different things, being open-minded, you might be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, perfect. I think that, do you have any other tips, Tess, or is that it? No, that's, that's it. We've got a ton of tips. If you guys, by the way, if you haven't listened to our first episode, we'd really suggest going back and listening to that one. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we hope you enjoyed and these tips help you have a really successful semester or work, whatever you're, whatever you're doing. Yep. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Um, Leave us a review. Let us know what you guys think. And if there's anything else that you want us to cover in any other episodes, we're here for you guys and want to make sure that you guys are getting the value that you are looking for. So hope you guys are doing great and we will talk to you guys in the next one.